Hi there, welcome to the Neurodivergent Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Griffith, and I am so excited to have you here. On this podcast, we talk about all forms of neurodivergence, from ADHD to learning disorders to giftedness to autism and more. If any of that sounds familiar, welcome to Neurodivergent Magic. Hi there, Adrena. Hi, Marissa. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? Good. How are you? <laughs> I am good. I'm so excited to be talking to you. Um, I absolutely adore your uh, Instagram account and everything. It's been great. And um, a good friend recommended you guys and said I should reach out to you for the podcast mm. and for the upcoming secret project. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I just have been super thrilled to find you guys. So before we dive in, um, tell people about that Instagram account. Where can people find you online? So people can follow us, uh, myself and Adrena at Black Girl ADHD on Instagram. We also have, we have all social media networks, but we're more so, um, I guess we, we post more on our Instagram. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I'm, I'm all over social media too, but yeah, I definitely, we all, everybody favors one over the others. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Hopefully we get a a website up, uh, one of these days, months, years. (laughs) Surely it'll happen. The, the ADHD hyper-focus will kick in someday and it'll get done in like three hours. Yeah. We have the domain. We have the domain. We just, it's just perfect. Halfway there. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I would love to ask both of you individually to tell us just a little bit about um like your personal experience with ADHD. Like uh maybe the diagnosis process, what that was like for you, or maybe what it was like. I know you guys said you both grew up undiagnosed for a long time. So maybe what that felt like for you. Um yeah, let's just start there with your personal experiences. Okay, um, I guess I'll go first. Um, so like I said earlier, um, I kind of grew up undiagnosed. Um, the only time I ever got in trouble was for talking too much. And for me, that really was, I'm like, that's not anything bad per se, you know, but here I am sitting in detention because I'm talking too much in class. Um, and so throughout the years, I kind of noticed like my behavior, especially when I got into college, the chronic procrastination. Um, always late turning in assignments at the last minute because the of the adrenaline rush it feels so much better turning it in five minutes before than two weeks in advance um and so while I was able to navigate through that it was very stressful um a lot of times even like when I got my master's I almost saw the class and I sent a long email apologizing about my behavior and I kind of just realized that you know something was going on um, so during COVID is actually when I sought diagnosis. Um, I was going through a, to a therapist who also had ADHD and she recognized a lot of the signs. Um, she referred me to um, ADHDonline.com um, and where I took like an extensive uh, es- a survey with an essay um, and it did come back that I had ADHD. Um, and so after that, I've kind of been here. That was in 2021. So um, life has been a little different now that I know for the better, um, but that's that, that's my journey. And this yeah. is Adrena. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Adrena, how has life been better? Uh, if you don't mind me asking that, I 
I love, there's so many people who are like, is it even worth it to get diagnosed? Or like, I'm just curious. Yeah. How has life been better for you? It's been better because I know why now. It's not just like, oh, I'm lazy. Um, I don't have the same drive as other people. Like, what is wrong with me? I'm not normal. How can they just get up and do these things? And it takes me like 10,000 times more energy to do it. Um, so it's it's caused me to be at peace with myself and knowing that there is something going on. You know, it's not my fault. Um, also, it's given me the opportunity to take certain steps as far as like, you know, healing and kind of dealing with it. I mean, the bad baddies, you know, Black Girl ADHD has been amazing um, to me. Other women uh, also like kind of been on like a, you know, medication journey, just kind of seeing how that helps. Um, and so just trying different things and also giving myself grace. I feel like I was so hard on myself before, so much more harder on myself, um, but it has allowed me to give myself grace. And those around me now know that, okay, there, you know, we have to, you know, be a little more you know, um, not so hard on Adrena because there are things going on, but, you know, it's causing to be accountable as well. And I make excuses all the time, but I guess just bringing awareness. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I, I absolutely relate. I went to get an autism diagnosis uh, a year ago, I believe. And in the process of that, she was like, so have you ever considered ADHD as well? Um, so, and I had a, a lot of the same experiences where it's like, oh my gosh, I'm not a lazy piece of garbage. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah, nice. absolutely. How about you, Marissa? How, what has uh, your journey been like? Um, mine is actually very similar to, uh, Adrena's. I, um, I think I often excelled in school, but on all of my report cards, it said, talks too much like and I'm also kind of bossy um but those were my comments all throughout school I never really got in trouble um until like I remember specifically in 10th grade um in a Spanish class I got in trouble and I that was my first phone call home and uh my mom was like well just give her more work if you give her something to do she will do it whatever the task is like give her something challenging to do and she will do it and he was like, well, I don't want her to be ahead, you know? And so anyways, I just remember really being hard on myself that uh, that encounter because it was like, well, I can't help it. Or if he gave me something to do, true, if he gave me something to do, I would be able to do it. But also when Adrena spoke to in college, um, I am the worst at waking up in the morning. I am the literal worst. I have, I don't know, maybe six or seven alarms. Um <laughs> and I remember my mom used to call me um, for my 8 a.m. classes. Like every single time in college, I had an 8 a.m. class. I never even told her I dropped it because I literally just could not go. I, I would rather drop it than fail because I also am uncomfortable. I don't know if this is uh, the same for Adrena, but I'm really uncomfortable with failure, even though I cause most of my almost failures. I don't know. Like, and so um, I am a... I'm either very early or I'm late. Um, I used to be so on time because I also had like FOMO, but um, now I am in my late phase. And uh, like, even today getting ready, I was like, okay, I have to be ready. I have to do this by 1230. And I could not move until 12 because I was just so stuck on making sure I wasn't late until I 
<sighs> anyways, and then Murphy's Law happened. Everything happened. So I think for me, uh, my messiness of my car, just like messiness in general, even my thoughts. But the key thing is I thought everyone was like that. I never knew. I never knew that this wasn't like Adrena said, normal, like it is normal is relative. Right. So this was normal for me. And I just on, honestly assumed that everyone was the same way. So I actually didn't realize that I was struggling. I just really thought that everyone was this way, but they just were able to get through it much easier than me. Um, and I would always say, oh, I'm overstimulated. Oh, I'm overstimulated. Oh, no, it's probably my ADHD. And I didn't have, well, I had ADHD, but I was undiagnosed until I actually started working with Adrena. And I was just like, you know, I, it was the first time that I, I had had a desk job and we were expected to be at our desk working um, on our computer for majority of the day. We supported, um, like I supported 15 campuses. So a lot of times I would go out, but sometimes whenever we would have to stay in the office, I felt so unproductive. Like my productivity productivity level was so low to the point where I just was paralyzed. I don't know how else to explain it besides just like, I just felt so paralyzed. And I was telling her, you know, I think, I think I might have ADHD. And she was like, oh, I thought you already knew you did. And I was like, wait, what, how do you know? And so I was talking with, you know, friends and family and they were just like, oh yeah, I could see it. I could definitely see it. Like, I'm surprised you never really knew that you probably had it. I, I, we just always thought you did. So um, I don't know. I, I got diagnosed at 30. I can't remember. Was I 32, 33? I think I was 33 or 32. I cannot remember. I feel like Last it was. Year. Okay. That's so ADHD sense of time. Yeah. But also I feel like, <laughs> yeah, but I also feel like I have been reborn in the past year. So it almost feels like I forgot, I have forgotten what it was like pre-diagnosis because I just feel like I've grown so much post-diagnosis. So it's really hard for me to understand concept of time <laughs> uh, from diagnosis to now, because like you, like Adrena was saying, she, she understands why now. So I feel like I've gotten answers to questions that I never knew I should have had. Um, yeah. And so I just feel like it was so long ago that I was undiagnosed because I just feel like I've learned so much about myself in this past year or so. Yeah. What's the coolest thing you've learned about yourself? Um, that there's nothing wrong with me. Um, yeah, I just feel like sometimes I, I mean, she's hard on herself. I'm hard on myself as well. And so even when I, um, do things, I feel like I can accomplish a lot more than the normal person. Like a, a lot of people are always like, how are you able to do all of these things, all of these things? And I'm just like, I actually don't know. But the moment I, I do like 50 tasks and other people have only, only done three, but I knew I was supposed to be 50, to do 53, but I didn't get to complete the other three. I get really, really hard on myself. Like Marissa, you know, you had 53 tasks to do. Why did you only do 50 of them? And other people only have three on theirs on their to-do list and they're so excited about it. So I've learned to be able to celebrate myself and not be so much, not so hard on myself for not finishing all of the tasks because I also have to realize some of the things that I put on my plate are unrealistic. So Absolutely. I love that. Yes, there's absolutely nothing wrong with us. Yeah, yes. Um, so something you mentioned uh, was that you brought it up to family and friends and they were like, 
I could see that. Um, but something we had talked about before we hit record is that a lot of times in the black community, that's not always the vibe, you know, like there's a sense of denial. There can be a sense of, well, that's a white person thing, or I I don't know. I'd love to hear you speak on that a little more. Yeah, I, Um, um, I get it. Oh, I just think that in the black community, we as a people don't like to put labels on, um, our friends, our family, our children, especially because they'll say, I don't know, my mom, my dad were always like, there's there's nothing wrong with her, which they were right. Mm -hmm. There is nothing wrong with me. However, I think that um, in our community, we, I think our generation is doing a really good job of bringing light to um, the the necessity for therapy, the necessity for possible testing, and that we recognize that there's not a blanket around seeking help. It doesn't mean that anything's wrong with you. It actually just means that you're trying to better yourself for yourself or the people around you. But as a whole, our community doesn't like putting labels on people because we uh, seek unrealistic perfection, I feel. I don't know about you, Adrena. Yeah, Adrena, any Yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah, I feel the same way in a sense, especially, um, I mean, growing up when I thought of ADHD, I thought that it was just a bad child, you know, and then not until I became a teacher, I was taught at first hand, and I was like, no, this child is not bad. <laughs> like this mm-hmm. child needs help. This child needs support. This classroom, how it's structured, this is not conducive to this child, you know, learning. And so I was able to kind of empathize with that by, you know, um, even before I had ADHD, I saw it. Or not before I had it. I've always had it, but <laughs> before I was diagnosed. <laughs> um, but I also agree with Marissa. Um, I feel like, and even like even this year, the past few years, I've really been seeing a lot of um, people post about um, mental health um, mm-hmm. in the Black community, different workshops on how to find the best provider. Um, and so I, I feel like we've, we're, we've, we're still coming a long ways, um, even by us having our community. There's so many people that have followed us and they're like, they have ADHD and we had no idea because when I was first diagnosed, like I would like posts, but I would never share them. I would never share them on my story or my page because I was like, that's that's not something that's wrong. Like that's not okay. You know, I, I don't know, I guess felt ashamed of it. And then like how Marissa said, like she's really like gained the confidence and like has has made these changes in her life. Like now I'm I'm unstoppable. Like, yes, I have it in what <laughs> you know, like <laughs> um like it's, it's it's you know um it's not superpower you know yeah um so I definitely can see how we've come a long way I mean still work to do because I know um even my mom has told me she wants to try to see if she has it and I was like yes yeah, hereditary mom I, I definitely see it in her mm-hmm. <laughs> but um but yeah so yeah, yeah I think um, that um oh go ahead go ahead oh sorry I was gonna say I just think that um I know Adrena said that it it feels almost like a superpower And I think that that's a very accurate way to describe it because like she said, we've always had it, right? But like to survive without, to survive for as long as we did without answers that we didn't know we needed truly makes us unstoppable. You know, like we never let it stop us before and we're definitely not going to let it stop us now. But I think that, um, I don't know. I just think that getting the understanding and the answers post-diagnosis is like, oh, okay, this is why, this is why I do that. Or, 
I know this is a little extreme, but um, like around my cycle time, um, I just felt like it would hit me harder. Like everything would hit me harder. And I'm typically one that practices emotional regulation, but I cry at everything. When everything I cry at, and I'm just like, why, why? But I recognize that our our hormones are already um, deregulated. And so with the addition of, you know, having your cycle or like being in the middle of your cycle, depending on what stage you're in, your hormones are just really all over the place. So I think that even getting those types of answers lets me know how it affects not only like my attention or my work, but also just me in general in every capacity or every aspect. So, yeah, absolutely. I think it's so important to talk about uh, our cycles and ADHD because they absolutely go hand in hand. Yeah. I uh, recently had twins and pregnancy hormones. Let me tell you, they mess with your ADHD brain um, for sure. Something else I was going to ask about, uh, Marissa, you were talking about labels and how a lot of folks in the Black community are not a fan of those. Uh, you said specifically because your parents are like, there's nothing wrong with her. And, you know, they were absolutely right. Um, I guess I was just wondering if you had thoughts on like, there's a lot of label avoidance in the neurodivergent community in general, but I wonder if it's different for the Black community specifically, because so many labels, especially psychiatric labels, have been used against Black folks for so long. And just how that might differ from like white label avoidance, if you had any thoughts on that. I don't yeah. Know. Oh, I have tons of thoughts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, we inherently don't trust um, medical professionals. Um, I don't know. I just think that it's something like bred inside of us um, because we often don't have doctors who look like us. And so because we are don't have the... Um, we don't have the same amount of access to people who look like us, who have struggled the way that we have struggled. There's already an, an inherent distrust in the medical community. Um, and especially as a woman, just like as a black woman, um, there's so many studies that say that black people are stronger than any other race. And so we are not given the same amount of care or critical care when we need it because there is a um there is the that implicit bias that a lot of people hold that they don't recognize that they hold that we are bred to be stronger and that's not necessarily the case and then um we often say there's no there's nobody stronger than a black woman i wholeheartedly agree with that however when it comes to the medical professional or medical professionals when they agree with that as well it's not taken in a powerful sense it's taken as more of a well if you're so powerful and you're so strong why do you need this medicine or hmm, you may not know your body the way i think i know your body so whatever i say supersedes you and it there's just like a level of distrust because when i tell you i'm feeling a certain way then I feel sometimes we automatically get painted as um, stronger or, you know, more prone to drug addict or being a drug addict or just um, more prone to lying. Um, and we aren't heard as much. And so I feel like on the opposite end, when there is a label placed on you, even if the label is necessary, 
parents typically want the best for their kids and they think that their best is actual best. And so they just don't trust doctors or anyone that's going to um, make their child different, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I definitely agree. I definitely agree with it. Yeah, it's uh, bringing to mind, I don't know if you've heard of this book um, called Doing Harm by Maya Dusenberry, or Joy, I, I don't remember exactly her last name, Maya. Um, but she does, she talks a lot about the deeply unhelpful nature of the medical industrial complex where, you know, if you're a white woman, you're seen as hysterical. If you're a black woman, you're seen as drug seeking. And it's just like the intersection of different identities and how uh, the medical community, even the most understanding and the doc most understanding and empathetic doctor in the world has an inherent bias simply because the research is biased. And like that it's such a problem for sure. Um, I guess I'm wondering if there are other aspects. So we talked about the doctors for sure, the lack of trust in the medical community, you know, for very, very valid reasons for sure. Um, I wonder if there are other like social, um, social reasons that ADHD is approached differently in the black community than it might be by like a white community. Um, I guess, the sorry, that was kind of a vague and... question. <laughs> I'll try to think. Um, I guess going back to seeking or or seeking diagnosis at a young age, um, I feel like, well, I mean, studies probably do show that show that more white parents or families, um, they know more about it. Um, so that also comes to awareness and not being aware of all of these different things. And like, because, you know, it's ADD, now it's ADHD. Um, but like I said earlier, you know, I used to think that it just was like a bad child, um, but just being more aware and knowing like about it and actually looking at, you know, like, oh, wow, this isn't, this is a lot. Like, it's not just behavior. And then yeah. if it is behavior, it's because of something else. The child is acting out because of something else. So now let me figure out what that is. Um, so I guess like the awareness of like, you know, mental health and all of these different things um, in our community. Um, and like we said earlier, it's definitely something that's getting better. And also, like when it comes to medication, of course, you don't want to just, you know, give your child a bunch of pills and, you know, things like that, especially with our families. It's like, no, like nothing wrong, like nothing's wrong with you. Like, you're not about to take this, this pill. Like, no, like, you know, um, but if we're not doing that, okay, then what are we going to do right. to help? Are we going to take extra time to to do, deal with this are we going to look at accommodations for the child you know just kind of looking at all of those things like if you don't want if you want to go like non-medicated then what are some alternatives so just kind of being aware yeah I think my parents whenever I first told them that I was going through the process or even afterwards after I had gotten diagnosed they were like yeah you weren't a bad kid though and I'm like yeah but that doesn't necessarily mean having ADHD is not synonymous with being a bad kid and so um they I remember they said well you weren't a bad kid you just this 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 and I was like yeah that's wild because actually all of those things that you listed 
are symptoms or traits of those who have ADHD. And so they were like, really? I was like, yes, my, my messy room, it was messy. Like that, my forgetfulness, my, you know, my sensitivity, my, all of these things that they were listing. Well, you just, you know, you talk too much. You were impulsive. You were, and I'm like, yeah. And they're like, but you weren't hyper. I'm like, not all the time. So I think for like Adrena said, awareness, they would have never even thought thought to seek a diagnosis for me because I wasn't in the hyperactivity. Um, so I have combined types. So sometimes I'm hyper, and, but most times I'm just very disoriented or I will focus on, I struggle with prioritization like really badly. And so um, I am just combined like through and through. And so I think being aware of the different symptoms or traits of ADHD and how they present themselves for different um, people. So not going to lie. I mean, I grew up in a very mixed area. It was definitely like the epitome of melting pot. And so the only kids that I knew had ADHD were literally white boys. Um, it was always white boys that had, that were diagnosed. And so I would look at them and I would say, oh, you know, like, why can't they sit still? Why can't they do this? Even as a child, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so annoying. Why can't they do this? They they could, they could should be able to do it. But I, all the while, not even recognizing that the 20 tabs that I had open, even though I'm jumping through hoops inside of my, you know, like it's mental hoops, they're just exhibiting it a different way. So I didn't even recognize that it could essentially be the same diagnosis, but it presents itself different ways. And I think that more people need to be aware that um, it's not always as what it seems. You have to dig deep because it's not a surface level diagnosis at all. I love the phrase behind every behavior is a need. And I think that is super true with ADHD for sure. I mean, it's true all the time, but we treat ADHD like it's a behavioral disorder, but it's not. It's a neurodevelopmental disability. And that's completely different. Um. Speaking of behavioral disorder, um, I, I'm curious if you two have thoughts on um, the use of the diagnosis of uh, oppositional defiant disorder. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I know it's very widely uh, used against uh, the Black community. And so I just, I didn't know if you had some thoughts. I've had kids who have had ODD. Um, we're both in education. And so um, whenever I taught, I always got the kids that um, were ADHD and ODD. I don't know, maybe because, you know, my, my principal, actually, I am still really close with her. And I was telling her about my diagnosis. She was like, I thought the whole time you had it. That's why I put the kids in your room, because I knew that you could handle it. And I was like, why did you not tell me I had it like all these years ago? But um, I always had the kids who had ODD and I, I remember, um, that just thinking through the fact that they can't help it. They literally just cannot help it. And I think I wouldn't say that I have, um, oppositional defiance disorder. However, if someone tells me and Adrena's the same way, I can see her little smirk. If someone tells me to do something and I was about to do it, guess what? I'm actually not going to do anymore. What I was going to do, because why would you tell me to do it when I was already about to do it? Like nothing makes me more livid than you telling me to do something. I was literally 
raising my finger or my hand to do. Um, no, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I actually had to, I actually had to look it up because I wasn't familiar with the symptoms. But yeah, just looking at it, I see how they kind of cross into each other, like irritability, irritability, um, prone to anger, difficulty regulating emotions. I have difficult. I'm, I'm working on it, but that's something that I do struggle with. Meltdowns, or tantrums, tendency to get up from chair, move, uh, difficult following directions, stimulus seeking. I mean, I can kind of see how I may have some of those things. Um, I think more so in my younger years, I had them more. I don't have them. I'm not just walking around doing temper tantrums. Um, but I do sometimes like with, you know, emotional regulation, kind of struggle with that. Um, but I've never thought about looking into it. Now I'm like yeah. going to take a deep dive. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I follow um Dr. Callie MD uh is her handle on TikTok. Um like her a lot. She's a black psychiatrist, uh child psychiatrist specifically, I believe. Um and she talks a lot about the harm that the ODD diagnosis can do especially for uh young black kids who tend to get labeled as ODD because we see ADHD as like oh they're a problem child. ODD is like they're a problem child on steroids is the public perception anyway. Um, and, uh, there's a lot of psychiatrists that kind of seemed, seem to use that diagnosis to dismiss, um, a lot of, you know, black kids who actually could use real, I mean, I think kids with ODD could use support in general, you know, like Marissa, you said, they're not a bad kid. They, they can't help it. They need the support, not the judgment, um, regardless of the diagnosis, the diagnostic label. But I think, it can just be used. It's, it seems like a very racialized diagnosis and from what I've read and everything. So, which obviously sucks. <laughs> so, um, something else I, uh, was wondering about a little bit was, uh, when you were talking about these, the only kids you knew growing up who were officially diagnosed were white boys. And they couldn't sit still. They couldn't do these things. And there was a part of you that like, as a child, at least was judging them. Like, and in my experience that comes from, and again, our experiences are going to be different, you know, based on race and other experiences. But I think I held that judgment of other kids because it's like, well, I'm working my butt off to be the most well-behaved kid in the room. Like, why aren't they trying as hard as me? (laughs) Uh, And really, it was evidence of my own struggle. My judgment of them was evidence of my own struggle. Yeah, I think for me, mine is actually opposite. Um, It's because I wasn't allowed to. Um, Right. I don't have the same amount of, I'm not given the same amount of grace. Um, And A, I'm not allowed to because my parents said so, and I would not go against them, you know, but as a black girl or a black student, I wasn't allowed to act up. Um, Both of my parents were in the military. My mom had already retired by the time I was in elementary, but my dad's, the military is such a, um, what is it? Like a, 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 I don't know. It's a, they follow the ranking position. Like, you know, if you are higher up, you can only be affiliated with people higher up. Um, And so in my dad's position, we were one of the few like black p- 
people in the area, typically for every every place that he was stationed. And um, so I was typically one of the only Black students in my class up until the time that my dad retired. And yeah, I just couldn't um, because they were always going to look to me to act up anyways. So I was not, I just was not allowed to. Um, and, you know, as as sad as it is, my parents had the racial talk with me very young and they were just like, you have to go 120 to match other people's 80. You just always have to go harder because the moment you let up or the moment you don't do your best, you are going to fit into the stereotype that they already have for you. So it sucks, but it's life and you got to get used to it now because life is not going to give you um, free passes. You're just not going to ever, they can say that you're going to earn them, but as soon as you earn it, they're going to take it from you because you don't have, you, you're just not going to get it. So just, you know, I don't know, Adrena, if you. Yeah. I'm um, I was just behaving school. So like I said, I only got in trouble for talking, but, um, yeah yeah absolutely there's the um oh what did, i'm trying to remember what ta-nehisi coates called it but basically the representation problem where you as an individual come to represent the whole even though you're a child and like it, that i mean that should never the whole should never rest on the shoulders of the individual but especially not on the shoulders of a child you know so absolutely um, I'm trying to think if there's any last questions. Did you guys have any last thoughts or anything you want to make sure if there are some people who maybe tuned out uh, ADHD and are tuning back in, um, if there's anything you want to make sure people take away from our conversation? Mm -hmm. um, I guess I'll reiterate that you're just prepared um, and just know that, that there's nothing wrong with you and just continue to kind of seek communities like ours that relate to you just know that okay. Absolutely. Yeah, I think honestly what Adrena said, just continue to use it as your superpower, seek the answers that you didn't know you needed um, and use the answers not to make excuses, but to build on like your toolbox of just surviving and not only surviving, but thriving through your diagnosis. Absolutely. Stand up for yes. yourself. Always stand up for yourself. Yes. Okay. I love it. Okay. Well, remind people one more time where they can follow you and then we will duck out for the day. Uh, you can follow us at um, on okay awesome thank you both so much for being here thank you so much for chatting with me and to the listeners i will talk to you next saturday As always, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you give us a follow over on Spotify, leave a review over on Apple Podcasts, and tune in next Saturday for another amazing episode.